What's up, everybody? This is Healing Intentions, and I'm your host, Dr. Adrian Mimetti. This podcast is about natural health and wellness, mental health, cannabis, psychedelics, philosophy, and spirituality. Today, my guest is John Ellie. John J. Blaze Ellie is an American music producer, composer, songwriter, and multi-instrumentalist based in Los Angeles, California, that has produced highly acclaimed work for major recording artists such as Serati, Seven Streeter, Algie Smith, Soraya, Naomi Scott, Nika Moore, and more. He has placed songs on Fox Hits TV shows Empire and Catherine Bigelow's Detroit soundtrack. Born in Brooklyn, New York, Jay Blaze was destined to entertain and inspire the world. From the age of two, he would be bang on anything that he could make a beat with. His parents saw his musical talents and began to invest in the buying him instruments. His first instrument was drums. Later, he moved on to playing bass in his dad's quartet group. He also picked up piano and finally landed on his love for guitar. Jay Blaze's parents put him in music-related schooling from junior high through college, which has played as a major for him in music. Since then, Jay Blaze has worked with a host of artists both in and out of the studio with his skills on guitar, and has toured with a host of well-known artists from Kirk Franklin, Fred Hammond, BET Sunday's Best, Two Chains, Monica, Winona Judd, Fantasia, Nipsey Hussle, Brockhampton, Pharrell Williams, NERD, and many others. Jay Blaze's musical talents has now landed beyond the stage into the studio where his production talents can be fully expressed. He gained the attention of music icons Randy Jackson and Theron nephew Feimster. In 2018, John signed his first co-publishing deal with AHA Music, UMPG, and has worked alongside Chad Hugo of the Neptunes and is building his catalog with many other great songwriters and producers. Jay Blaze recently produced the single Favorite for Rock Nation's female group, Serati, from their recent EP, GRWM, and also Fa La La for their, recent, uh, for their Christmas single. Jay Blaze has countless other projects in play with upcoming releases that will continue highlighting his amazing musical abilities. Let's get started. All right, welcome everybody to another episode of Healing Intentions. This is your host, Dr. Adrian Mimetti, and today I have a real special guest, uh, one of my good friends, uh, John Ellie. Welcome to the show, man. Hey, man. Thank you, bro. Yes, good to be here. Yeah, man, this is uh, a dream come true to be in a, in a in a studio right now that we're in. Uh, we'll we'll post some some pictures of of the vibe in here because uh, it's pretty special, man. What you've put together here. Thank you, man. It is uh, not me alone, but definitely uh, a concept and an idea that was uh, brought about. You know, what I'm saying um, through some hard work, some dedication, and a big dream. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. But we made it happen. Awesome, man. Yeah. Awesome. So why don't we start out by just diving right in. Tell us a little bit about your history, kind of your path to, to this point and, you know, your your achievements along the way. Yeah, man, absolutely. So um, I uh, started in this music business. Uh, well, first, I'm a music producer, mm-hmm. uh, full-time by trade, also a talent manager, all full-time, um, and a bunch of other stuff that I've gotten into in the industry Um that I felt like was kind of default to what I needed for success. Um, but yeah, music producer, I've worked on everything from, uh, 
TV shows like Empire, uh, movies like The Hate You Give, Detroit, um, worked with various actors, talent agencies, various artists, um, just different genres of music, man, just having fun while, you know what I'm saying, you know, uh, figuring it out and having, and, and just, you know, letting the energies of the song, the vibes of being in the studio, being on set, like just going with that flow, man. It's like, you know what I'm saying? It's, 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 it's pretty cool. Yeah, man. You're living the dream. Literally you're making music full time, man. And you're just going with the flow of life and yeah, man. music is life. I mean, honestly, it, it's definitely life. Um, it wasn't always that way. I used to have to hold down a, a full time job and do this at the same time. So, uh-huh. you know, you know, in our, in our, in our, our learning, we learn how to do two things at once. We call it like a both and, you know mm-hmm, what I'm saying? So, mm-hmm. um, back then I think I was really exercising that, mm-hmm. um, prior to, uh, you know, um, figuring out what I was doing, actually knowing what it was. Right. Um, but yeah, it's been, it's been a, a journey, man. So full-time job at one point, still producing, you mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. uh, I think when you have passion, uh, it really overrides your commitments for other things. You know, you still are committed. You got to make money. Right. You know, but your passion still kicks in when you get home. It's like, you know, all right, the kid with that video game, you know, did the schoolwork. He's done. Now he's like going straight to that video game. So, right. The two coexist. If you remember that passion and excitement and joy you had for oh, when you get to play that video game as a kid, that's the kind of feeling you can have in life also. Yeah. Absolutely. with your work yeah man so it's like you know anybody that asks me i'm saying like go with your passion whatever it is like you know make sure you uh you stay in the space in your headspace to know that you know what i'm saying that mm-hmm. that's something that you won't compromise on you know you absolutely won't take no for answer in that space absolutely man so i'm curious about your like early background like from you what first started like how'd you first start out and what's kind of like your path you know to to how you got to where you're at today and you know tell us a little bit more about that yeah man so when i first started out bro i was uh man new york city young Mm -hmm. i started as a musician just playing guitar and uh that was like my my thing you know i'm saying i'd play Mm -hmm. guitar for like different people go in studio sessions play tracks Mm. that sort of thing so i was never really like i don't know poised to the idea of like music producer you know mm-hmm. i was always like i want to tour go out have fun mm-hmm. you know and be with friends and see the world that was more of the whole dynamic for me mm-hmm. um and it came on later on obviously for production but like earlier on man it was just nothing but being on the road mm-hmm. as a musician mm-hmm. got it okay and what was your first instrument and then what's all the instruments you play man i think a lot of people can concur with uh first instruments with uh mine was drums like i really really like loved beating you know beating on stuff you know like with your hands and yep yep same so as a kid my mom was like oh you're just tearing up everything (laughs) (laughs) you know like tearing up trash cans yeah 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 so uh my love for that rhythm came early and then finally got my first drum set my dad bought me a drum set Hmm. from there you know it just kind of kept going man and it was like you know drums were were great um but it was like man i just hear so much more that i could do Mm -hmm. and it just from drums to i think my next instrument was bass guitar Mm -hmm. learned the bass and was like oh this is cool too you know and 
uh, had a little Casio keyboard always at the house, you know what I'm saying, that I would just play around with, like pl- hit the demo button and hear the, the music that right. I would play, be like, yeah, this is this is cool, uh-huh. and then try to play along with it. Um, but from there, you know, it's like I had a drum teacher, and then, uh, then I had a guy to come over and teach me bass. Mm. Um, and then, man, I found, uh, then one day, I'll never forget, this guy who was uh, in this group with my dad, like, you know, it was like, hey, man, you want to try to play guitar? And I was like, I guess, you know, and I picked it up. And that was terrible, bro. I was just like, <laughs> I was like, I don't know if this is for me. He's like, man, try it out. You can do it. Uh-huh. So I tried it out and uh, it was it was it was interesting, man, because I, I, it was like a instant connection mm. of like bond, you know, like, wow, like, whoa, you mean I can play like because I felt like I ooh, I can pay, play the things that's on bass on here. But it's it sounds different. Mm-hmm. It sounds a little bit more like melodic, you know, mm-hmm. Um and I could do all that and still feel like I'm percussive, like a drummer, you know? So I was like, mm-hmm. oh, this is like the best of both worlds. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, I was still like ass playing guitar, but, <laughs> you know, so <laughs> I, I figured, yeah, I'd give it a shot. And uh, from right. there, that's when uh, I progressed into guitar and then translated that into what piano is for me and mm. back and forth between all four instruments, you know what I'm saying, which was... It was interesting and, and fun at the same time, you know. Uh, but yeah, man. So that's really how the whole transition of evolution of like me, you know, mm-hmm. producer now came about, you know, through those elements of like different instruments, drums, bass, guitar, mm-hmm. you know, and then finally into keys, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, had a passion to learn how to place a woodwind instrument like a sax or something like that. Mm-hmm. But that was quickly like defeated, man, because like the guys in uh in, in football with me are mm-hmm. uh were like, man, it's like that's like blowing on something, bro. What, what's up with you? That's <laughs> <laughs> stupid kids, bro. Right. Like we wasn't thinking, man. I and I took that as like, yeah, that's that's kind of provocative. Like that's pervert. <laughs> like you know, yeah. I'm not doing that. That's funny. and so I didn't I didn't pursue that. You know, I mean, who knows what that would have took me, but. Right. You know, I just was like, I stopped at that point and just really put all my information and all my energy into guitar and bass because they were similar in piano. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah, kind of left drums alone after that. You know, okay. not too much, but it was like, I know enough to hold a beat down. You right, know, right. I don't need to, I'm not going to really dive into it the way I thought I was. And then you just converted that over to drum pads on the digital. Exactly. So now, you know, some of that basic theory and stuff that I carried from obviously learning drums back then to Mm -hmm. obviously where music's now has definitely helped me shape the sounds of like what I create. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's great. That's awesome, man. Yeah. Yeah, So, so when did the whole, you know, digital music production and all that whole thing start and then like your journey from New York to Cali, like, Oh man, that's crazy. (laughs) So the journey from New York it was like a, a, a long ass journey. Um, I left New York and I was uh, talking to this girl in Michigan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was like a New York, Michigan type trip. Uh-huh. Um, and I wasn't like really seeing her. It was a long distance relationship. And then I went up there, hung out with her, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, ended up staying though. Yeah. Like, oh. like detoured, derailed. That's why I said it's a long trip to Cali. Yeah. Um, me, and this tri- me and this girl broke up. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I met another girl who was fantastic, fabulous. Mm-hmm. Um, me and her hooked up, connected, and uh, ended up like you know just building over time. You know what I'm saying? And then mm-hmm. um, yeah, man. Then, I, then we made we made strong vow commitments, man. And we 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 jumped the broom, man. Awesome, <laughs> yeah, dude. And uh, we uh, we you know just lived our lives for a bit, and then moved to Atlanta. Okay. Um, from Atlanta, we stayed down there for man for a while. Let's okay. just say a while, and then from there to Cali, and then from Cali back, and then uh-huh. you know, then life happens, and then I'm I'm moving back to Cali. You know what I'm saying? So uh-huh. it's been like I said, it was a it was a nice <laughs> journey on the way to Cali, but I had always been coming out here because of like touring and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. it was nothing like too crazy. So mm-hmm. it, was, it was fun. So yeah, man, you're right here in the in the center of it all in Southern California, man, is where everything's going on. Yeah. I mean, I mean, my mom would tell you different. She'd be like, well, if you can't make it in New York, you can't make it anywhere. So mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. kind of took that as like, well, shit, if I can't live in New York and be happy or have, you know, substance, then obviously I can't live nowhere else. And so I look at Cali like a big, you know, playground of New York. So, mm-hmm. but it's just, you know, scenic and people, yeah (laughs) vibes vibes because the east coast is great and new york has its own you know it's a powerful amazing city on many levels but nothing like the west coast and (laughs) i'm telling you they used to be people like the west coast the best coast now i will still profess that i feel like east coast is is like where that's that's your home yeah yeah. however uh, i won't i won't cap and say west coast is not one of the best coasts to be you know contended with so oh yeah it's just a lot of uh, different variations of like, you know, lay, layout, people, vibes, community. It's just weather. Oh man, that's that's the best part. You yeah, know, weather. You know. Yep. I mean, opportunities. Know. I mean, endless. Yep. You know, I just know that when you come here, you should be on the top of your A game. Like you shouldn't be mm-hmm. in your novice state. You should be at your most professional, highest peak where the demand for you is more so the man in place than it is for the next person. That's great. And yep. uh, I mean, that's it. That's the grind. It's mentality. When I came here, I realized that there was probably a million or not a million, but a million like-minded people, right? Like mm-hmm. myself mm-hmm. that felt like they deserved a shot and to be, you know, within the, the industry, the way, the way that I am. Right. Um, and that's true. I mean, everybody deserves a shot, but your skill set also speaks for you, you know, mm-hmm. and you have to be sharp. You got to be, you know, on your A game. And, you know, I mean, nowadays, I mean, your skill set is definitely a valuable component, but your relationships are even more valuable. Yep. So. Right. Um, and that's, <laughs> I'm going to just leave it there. That's what it's all about, man. I, I There's this book I love called uh, Never Eat Alone by Keith Ferrazzi. Yeah. One of my favorite books I recommend it to everybody to read because he talks all about the power of networking, relationships, you know, maintaining relationships, like doing nice things for people without expecting anything in return, yep. like, you know, going to conferences and like being all about it. Like, it's a great book, but... That's what it's about, man. Relationships. Yes, sir. In any industry, in any business, but especially in certain ones like music, right? Yep. yep. So what have you kind of seen <laughs> that you can talk about, of course, uh, of like that whole web and crazy, you know, things of how they all worked out and you met this guy and you met that guy? Uh, yeah. Um, scenarios where like you meet somebody are 
just random. Yeah. You never know where you're, you know, when you're in a company of someone that, you know, is a friend or another music professional, mm-hmm. you really never know when you walk into another door, who's going to be behind that door. So, right. uh, first of all, it's always surreal. It's always like, you know, shit, bro, that's, you know, mm-hmm. um, but then you have to become level-headed really quick because you don't want to, you don't want to spoil the moment for yourself. You want to be able to embrace it and, and appreciate the time. Yep. Um, and as well as like, you know, be coherent to the conversation or to what's going on, you know, because mm-hmm. if you're fanboying it, fangirling too hard, man, the moment of passion, you won't even remember anything yep. that took place. And, you know, it's obvious people will be like, oh, he's a weirdo. You know, right, <laughs> you right. know what I'm saying? They so, sense that kind of yeah. like fan, you know, you're, yeah, you're at a lower it, level than them yeah. than like equals kind of thing. I mean, there's, there's a level of, of appreciation of it. Of course. Yeah. Know? But of I course. think it, get, it can get kind of, you know, uh, misunderstood. Right. In a way where, you know, it throws a bad vibe, you know. So. Definitely. So I used to work at a under uh, nightclub in Chicago underground yeah. uh, as a security for like six months. It was like a weekend job. It was crazy. <laughs> and man, I met so many different celebrities there because anytime they'd come in Chicago, they'd go there and like yeah. all the Bears, you know, Blackhawks players, like all these dudes. And like, it was just like no big deal, man. Like they, yeah. they just want to be talked to like normal people. You know, they don't want to be like, oh, oh my God, yeah, oh, will you take a picture? You know, right, right. they're so tired of that all day. And the more famous, the more, you know, they can just get that all day long. So if you can treat them like a normal person. That's what they're craving, like that, like normalcy. Yeah. You know, so uh, that's, yeah. that's what it's all about. I think it's, it's kind of double for me, too, because I have friends that uh, were, I guess, relatively in the same space as me as far as on this side of the mm-hmm. defense um, in regards to relation of what support, are you music support, like a writer, mm-hmm. a producer, or someone of that, or are you, you know, on the popular side of it, like an artist or, right. you know, something like that. Right. And I've had a few, uh, quite a few friends that transitioned and to watch them grow and to watch how people become uh, fans of their of their sound of their sonics is mm-hmm. it's pretty pretty amazing you know and in its of itself because it's like you go back and you think but well, this is dude from <laughs> right this is bro like we're still cool like like we we tight it's all good yep but that synergy of relational connection that you know that person now takes on with the world you start to see how it you know comes in and and transforms people's thinking it's like wow. crazy um, but yeah, man, I think, uh, you know, this business is, um, it's, 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 you have to be tough, mm-hmm. tough skin and you have to be super optimistic. And when I say super, I don't mean it in overemphasizing, like very, very optimistic, but like go beyond all of the negative thoughts that come up, the people that tell you no, mm-hmm. all that, keep your optimism high because someone can easily rob it and take it away from you. Yep. So. Yep. And isn't that true in, in all the things we do in life, right? Yeah. And it's the same thing, but especially in a super competitive industry like like music and there's, you know, the art and entertainment field in general. Mm-hmm. So it's just like, man, when you uh when you see that transition and people that make it from like like you said, hey, it's just bro, it's just like my my homie from back in the day. We we're just chilling, you know, in elementary school or yeah. whatever. And now they're like, got a huge amount of fans. It's like, wow. Wow. 
pretty awesome. And if that's possible, anything's possible. I think everything's possible. Yeah. Um, my principle, man, you know, coming up, man, is I started saying this, man, and it's true. You know, people will say, you know, dream, I, just my dreams, you know, I just want my dreams to come true, you know. Mm-hmm. And most people, you ask them, you say, how do you dream? Like, what do you mean how I dream? Like, what's your, you know, your body like? What's your mind like when you dream? What does that look like, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, well, normally, I don't dream till I fall asleep. Mm-hmm. You know? And I'm like, okay, well, have you ever considered dreaming with your eyes open? Mm. Right? Where that looks like no matter what you do throughout your day, you're still constantly living inside your dream, you know? Yeah. And that's helped me create situations that weren't there. I feel like, you know, the energy that I was, you know, requiring that that came back to me, met me in the spaces of that dream. You know what I'm saying? Like, if it was like money I wanted to source and I was able to do that, you know, if it was an opportunity I wanted to source, I'm able to do that because I'm literally like seeing it everywhere I go you know mm-hmm. and so I'm sourcing that that feeling that 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 desire and you know I feel like you know people begin to align with you people begin to you know you start to meet people in the same stuff that you do and it's like man it seems so coincidental but it's not it's actually like purposeful yep exactly know? man law of attraction is real it's and super real man and that's the hard pill to swallow man is that it works for good and it works for bad. Yeah. You get what you think about most of the time. Yep. And so if you're constantly stressed out, oh, I don't have money. Oh, I'm broke. Oh, I'm in debt. Well, guess what? You're going to get more of that. You're going to be more money, no money, <laughs> more stress, yep. and more broke. I yep. don't even know if there's any a word beyond more broke. I mean, <laughs> I know people that have professed, like, you know, growing up being so poor, they, they couldn't afford the O and the R, the last O and the R. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I'm po- <laughs> I've never heard that one. Yeah, man. Listen, man. Oh. Culture, bro. Like, oh, for sure, man. Like for real, like. And that's that. a big thing, man. You know, and growing up, and and what you're surrounded by, I'm sure, is not a lot of this mindset, right? I and mean, it's like, how do you break out of that? That's what's amazing, you know. And I you know, do a lot you know, of- the secret. I, I would say, I keep dropping my phone, <laughs> <That's all good. laughs> but uh, no, the, uh, the the what I'd say, bro, like is like. Um, you see it, and and it's up to you if you want to accept that way of like mm-hmm. life, like mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying. I mean, it's your choice. It is your choice, like you know. And and in those moments, you know, you could either be influenced or you can decide to have your own mind, you know. And obviously, you know, growing up, you know, what I'm saying I I got a lot of like versions of like what I could do, right, right, and who I could become because. Mm-hmm. I'm seeing so many different peers do different things. So I'm like, I could do that. I could do that. Mm-hmm. And Hey man, come over here and do, you know, I mean, yeah. I could go over there and do whatever they're doing. Yep. Um, and sometimes, you know what I'm saying? I, I participated just because I felt like it was, might be the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. But I feel like, you know, you're that intuition inside of us always kind of gives us confirmation if that was really right or really wrong or like, right. are you crazy? You know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, Man, with, with with growing up, man, in New York City, mm-hmm. you know, you get so many offerings of versions of life of what you could possibly do and be, you know. Right. And it's like, man, there's there's weight. I feel like the information overload if you don't protect your sense of knowing 
what what you want to become later. Yeah, because sure. you'll fall for anything for sure. Um, but yeah, man, for me it was like, man, I don't want to be in sports because I just feel like that wasn't me. You know, I don't want to be in this. You know, mm-hmm. um, and when it came to music, man, I really, really found that I really like, I guess, uh, connected with people that shared the same passion, the same dream. Uh, a lot more than it would be from like my friends that were just on, on a football team. Mm-hmm. So seeing that, I was like, well, I know what I want to do. Yep. You know, and it was hundred percent music, hundred percent music. You know, my mom, I, she wanted me to go to the, uh, to the army armed services. And it's like, Hey, you're going to serve your country. And I was like, I guess I'll try it. You know, I mean, I didn't see nothing wrong with it. You did uh, that. I, I got all the way, bro. I got all the way to like, I would say when they're like, yeah, you're going to come here tomorrow and get to your test. And then after that, you ship out, you know, this is like in after high school. So junior okay. RLCC or whatever. Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. And I remember driving to the place uh, to, you know, do my full on enrollment. Right. And going, I mean, going inside, I'm in the place, you know, I'm standing in line, I'm there. And before I swear in to the, you know, to the armed services and stuff like that as, you know, uh, a, uh, a person that's going to um, boot camp. Right. You know, I, I was like, I can't do this, bro. Wow. And I, I left and they, they were like, they were like, you do not want, you don't want to serve your country. I was like, yeah, but not this way. Mm-hmm. You know, like. Right. Like I can see the world a different way. And in and, and that moment, I knew music was still like on my my radar because I had they had told me like, you know. Well, you know, we got bands and, you know, you can play music while you're while you're serving your country. And I was like, oh, that's cool. But I felt like it ain't the same thing because mm-hmm. I ain't never seen like an army or marine band tour. <laughs> yeah. like, right. So I was like, nah, I don't know if that's for me. I, but I gave it a shot. I gave it a shot for two reasons. One, because my mom wanted me to, you know, consider it. And I did. And I would think I was doing it more so for her than I got for myself. Mm-hmm. And when I finally found out that that really was something that I didn't want to be a part of, then I got out of it, you know, and I told her, like, this is not me. I'll I'll make you happy by traveling the world doing this. Yeah. She wasn't a believer at first, but I made her a believer. So that's awesome. Yeah, man. man. That's good. That's good. You listen to yourself and your intuition there. You know, you had the, the balls to do that. So that's great. And, yeah. Uh, Man, you know, you, you're doing your, you're playing your part, like that Flip De Niro song I sang. Yeah, man. Playing your part, and that's giving the world, you know, the gift of music. Yeah. And psh, that's huge, man. Music, like I said, music is medicine. It is, man. It and, is. you know, the, the vibrations and the frequencies and all of that, like that's, you know, when it gets down to that quantum physics level, we are all just energy vibrations, you know. So music affects us in a very powerful way. Yeah, it's definitely uh, a source of connection. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I've learned that with music, man, even like with me, like, because at first before I, I learned how to share it with the world, you know, I was creating it personally for myself. Right, you know? right. Um, and you could create whatever you want in whatever moment you feel, you know, whatever vibe you're in or right. want to be in, you can go there, you know. For sure. Yep. Absolutely, man. Yeah, and, and and what's fascinating about music is that it's one of the few things that I'm aware of that affects your entire part of your brain, your left brain, your right brain. You got the logical, you know, like scientific, like counting the beats and the, 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 the you know, all that. Yeah. And then you got the right brain, creativity and yeah. the art of it all and how that all goes together. Man, it's 
it's really amazing. <laughs> yeah, it's a synergy, man. It's like yep, yin yang. It is, man. It's a center. It's that yin yang. It's that. It's that frick frack. It's a. <laughs> yeah. It's a. It's a. It's synergy that, I guess, from from a standpoint of me, being a creative, you know, because there's creatives all around the world. That's just like mm-hmm. music, art, whatever, mm-hmm. whatever your passion is. Mm-hmm. Um, we connect to it differently because of like this. We source it, and so from therefore we source it. We get it. We reproduce what what we hear. Mm-hmm you know, um, and present it to the world and, you know, or present it to ourself first. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I was going to say, man, like when I first started like really creating a whole composition of music for myself and hearing back like what I did, then I was became like, okay, I want to do it this way. I want to figure that out. Mm-hmm. You start wanting to redefine and, and sort things out to make them, to make them even more uh, majestic in in the sense of like, this is something that you created from nothing, you know? Right. Um, right. And then you learn through sourcing the effects of what it can do for somebody else because everybody's going to go through this experience where they create that what that element of music that they've created for their first time. I'm talking like this is your first time doing it ever. Mm-hmm. And you play it for somebody. And then you watch that person be, you know, either uh, invited um open open or Mm -hmm. or you watch that person like really not be responded at all Mm -hmm. you know and you you can feel it yeah you can feel it it's not even a conversation it's Mm -hmm. just more like what's in the room at that point you know and we i feel like we become masters of like people who create moments that people can Mm -hmm. connect in the room like what is this doing and through obviously your skill set understanding music you can become a master manipulator Right. Wow. In yep. in a sense, not not negatively, but right. but you manipulate the tonalities the of vibes. music and and sound yep. and sonics yep. that allows a person to be in a certain state of mind, a certain you know feeling, emotion. Feeling. Yep. And so yeah, we're like doctor. We're the biggest drug dealers out here, bro. Literally, bro. Wow. Wow. That just blew my mind because that's what it is, man. You're you're putting out basically love <laughs> into right. the universe. Right. Yep. And I mean, that's what's that all, what it's all about, man. It's either love or fear. Music is just love, man. Yeah, it's like love, fear. You can put out anger. You can put out hatred. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, right? There's about, a lot of emotion. If you think about music and the transcending. I think states from like the early '60s on into right now, we had everything from like when heavy metal got introduced to, you know, headbanger to you know, goth into hip hop into rap, R and B, soul. Because before it was just all rock and roll. Right. 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 I mean not all of it, but the popular music was rock and roll at the time. Rock and roll transcended into, you know, uh disco. Disco transcended into EDM house and yep. house and all that stuff. You yep. know, and so you got dubstep. Dubstep, all those like different Trap. Like, yep. you know, sectors. Yep. You know, I th- I think uh, yep, it's crazy, man. And it's uh, it's crazy how how back then you know people were more free to express themselves in music than yep than they are right now. You know what I'm saying? Because we, I mean, dude, you put out a song talk about eating chickens and stuff like that. You gonna have every animal rights organization coming for you? It's crazy. <laughs> yeah, that's true. 
That is true. And uh, but what really gets me excited, man, you said putting out the vibes and seeing the manipulation and, you know, the, the how the room kind of reacts. Yeah. Imagine that now on the grand scale of a huge live outdoor performance. Exactly. And that is the one of the most magical experiences, man, is live big scale music oh man you're talking about you're at edc las vegas which i hope you can join me at yeah for my birthday uh october 23rd um (laughs) shameless plug uh there's 150,000 people at one stage there yeah that's crazy bro that's crazy (laughs) 400,000 people 500,000 total for the whole weekend yeah okay so let's go into this section so when i was doing i started doing live sound right Mm-hmm. Uh, running for the house and stuff like that. Um, well, I learned it all in you know, coming up, you know what I'm saying, a music kid in New York City. You uh-huh. know, what most music kids do growing up in New York City, we learn how to play and we play it and we play in church. Mm-hmm. And we kind of sh- share our our skills with each other through what we call a shed session. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Where we're like just playing, you know, trading off licks here and there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we actually, you know, get a chance to, you know, uh, show up when we had an opportunity to play in front of other musicians at different events throughout the city, you know what I'm saying? And it was always fun. Um, But I got into like doing sound because like, you know, I, again, following my passion Mm -hmm. and the idea of I'm going to do everything I can in my power to stay within my dream Mm -hmm. and not be altered into something else. That's not my dream. So Mm -hmm. what that meant for me was every job, every, uh, Thing that I did, basically a job, employment, I wanted to be centered around the fact that I could still do my music or be critiqued to where it doesn't take me away from my music, mm. you know, because every job that I got wasn't just music, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I remember, like, you know, putting requirements on employers, like, look, I got to be free on Sunday because that was the vibe day. Everybody goes and you go play at a church or whatever. So I'm like, I got to be free on Sundays. Like, that's straight up religious beliefs you know i'm right i'm like yeah i gotta do it but i i you know had more reasons for just religious religion but i i was like you know this is my i guess my my moment to you know spark my brothers um and get better mm-hmm. over the weekend so um for me and uh, many others that was how we sourced our our, our talents and our strengths you know and throughout the week when we're home doing it by ourselves we're like practicing getting better getting better mm-hmm. so that we can incorporate what we've learned into stuff that we already know mm-hmm. um but yeah man so i got into uh with the with the live sound because of that because mm-hmm. like you know <laughs> oddly enough at the church somebody needed somebody to hook up a mic and i learned how to hook up a mic then and then it was like can you turn the speakers on i was like yeah i figure it's just an on button so i was you know pretty into it into understanding the technical side of like things right then after that that changed to me doing it like i started finding a passion for it not knowing that it all kind of coincides together with live sound and to be in a studio you have to understand the the sonics of how to create a mix Mm -hmm. which is helpful when you're presenting music for pitch or for sale Mm-hmm. Um, it's actually uh, a skill that you know a lot of producers still don't have, but it's you know they they know enough you know, but they don't know enough to take them all the way over to the top to do it themselves. I mean, because that's just something that they haven't chosen to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, dude, like um, learning sound, live sound, I felt was able to support me in playing music, which in life proved me right. 
Um, because as I did it throughout the years, you know, my adulthood, and I started, you know, seeing that I could make money from it. I got paid from it. People mm-hmm. really, really appreciated my, my service, my skill mm-hmm. to where it turned into a professional thing, you know, to where now I'm working with like A-list artists, you know, I'm doing front of house at all these festivals, you know, mm-hmm. like you said, it's 500,000 in attendance at this festival. Yeah. Maybe, maybe, you know, 700, 800 to a million throughout the entire weekend for this next festival you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying it's like mm-hmm. that's crazy like that many people coming to a festival at one time or within the span of days it's yep. just in- infectious it's crazy yep um but to go back to the the the, the connection from artist to stage and the translation that most people don't think about is how does that happen it happens where one guy's in the back pushing faders and stuff like that mm-hmm creating this sonic experience right mm-hmm. and i feel like that guy's the most keyest musician of it, of it all because you're creating all the elements that's coming to you they're playing it yes you know but you're recreating the sonic sound of what people fell in love with right wow yeah <laughs> you're a sound engineer literally and you're yeah, engineering you're, the sound you're, you're scientists out there creating like uh the most synergetic experience that people can can feel in that moment now people know the song but then at the same time if the song doesn't sound like the song right people are going to be thrown off and they're not going to be able to connect as well as if things were right mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. i mean that's that's there's definitely a big part to play in that so in learning that i understood what it meant that i need to do to always have music that i created in the studio reflect that feeling in the live space you know if i can make it feel good in here right then it should translate out there but that's not always true but mm-hmm. if i can remember and harness the inter- the information of what i got while being out there while creating i feel like then i have a, a even connection between the live and the studio space world mm. yeah Beautiful yin yang once again. Yeah, man, right? Wow. Yeah, dude. That's awesome, man. I yeah. didn't know all of that. That's really cool. <laughs> yeah. So now you've got some, you know, big opportunities you're working on and uh just the beginning, man. You know, it's just the beginning of your your big dreams that, you know, um yeah. a lot of them will come true and even more, I think. Oh yeah. And yeah. that's how it works, you know, if we just keep working towards our passion and with that passion and from our hearts. And from love all the time, things just usually work out. They do, man. I feel <laughs> like you can you can actually, I feel like, man, things, if you really want something in life, um, you just go after it, man. Mm-hmm. Like, you go after it with everything that you have. You relentlessly keep going and going and going. Even if the door closes, 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 guards in front of the door, and now they're armed guards, you know, they shoot at you. You know what I'm saying? You never stop going. I sh- shout out to your boy Max. I read his book. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. Uh, they, like he said in the book, the door closes, find yeah. an open window. Yeah, find an open window, find a, a rooftop, go through the chimney, yep. <laughs> bust through the side, go get an axe, pickaxe through the door. I mean, there's right. no exception when it comes to your future and desires of what you want. Mm-hmm. You know. Absolutely, man. Yeah, you go after your dreams hardcore, bro. And whatever that is for you, you know. Nobody can tell you that that's about knowing yourself and yeah. going deep within yourself and really being like, yeah, yeah this is man. what I want to do. And that's cool how you just 
did it just dedicated fully to music like that's that's how you become a master yeah right I mean, something. it's 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 a uh, and again like you know as we live man we still learn you know mm-hmm. um, i don't think there's a moment in time where we don't learn that uh being the student is the greatest uh gift being the master of music you know right right um, you're always a student always a student you know um and always a teacher at the same time too. Mm-hmm. It's like you live in both worlds at the same time. The both and. Yeah, man. You have to you have to be a teacher and a student. Mm-hmm. You know, and understand the levels of, of humility within that space, but then understand the, the level of like sensation of pride and and happiness in that space too. Mm-hmm. Like so, Meek Mill said, there's levels to the shit. There's definitely levels <laughs> to the shit. He never lied on that. Yep. Yep. Yeah. That's it, man. That's cool. So, so what do you want to talk about in regards to our uh, lovely MITT family? Shout out! Shout out to MITT one seven nine LP one seven nine. I love my LP one seven nine family. Yes, tremendously, big like, time, man. Me too. Yeah, man. I, I mean, I think about everybody pretty much every other day. If it's not for Telegram, but <laughs> no, but I do. And I think about everybody like yesterday, I took a break because um, we had just came out this nice, this great meeting, you know what I'm saying, this weekend. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, I took a break, man, to get, you know, just reflect and, and get to, because uh, yesterday was my Sunday. I had to take Sunday mm-hmm. and shift it. A right, day. right. Um, so yesterday was my Sunday, man, and just reflecting and just kind of like, chilling out you know what i'm saying like yeah this is it's good you know mm-hmm. um looking at my commitments and staying true to those commitments and figuring out ways to you know uh if i run into a conflict to you know yep. fix it you know yep. um yep. But yeah it's it, it's it's been great man you know if somebody were to ask you what did you get out of taking mitt how would you answer <laughs> i'd be like man i didn't get a damn thing no. <laughs> Nah, I would say uh, what I got out of it, man, was uh, grounding. You know mm. what I'm saying? Like, and and and, re-est- and finding foundation in an unshaky mind. You know, um, I was playing battlefield of the mind for so long without mm. knowing that I'm just fighting my my own self. Right, you're your own worst enemy. You know, super super worst enemy. Same, so, same. So it uh, for, I, for anybody that's all ever asked me, you know, or say hey what's 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 it all about like Mm -hmm. i think it's a place where you come to a realization that you need something immediately right now to change in your life or you will forever be off course um i think it's just a a a place where people that really want change right like straight up change go and there's no exception that they're going to get change Mm -hmm. and it doesn't really matter in that space um, if the person that's, you know, given the instruction has a doctor's a, ma- a doctorate or PhD, I mean, obviously it does, but right. when you're that hungry for something and the information you're receiving rings so true to you at that point, mm-hmm. the information is the most valuable than it is of what the entire training is all about. Right. You this know? experience you go through versus yeah. e- even the information is amazing all of it. It's like how you you can know something intellectually, right? This is what I say to everybody about it. And I've known a lot of that stuff they talked about. I've yeah. read it in books. Like I've, you know, just done a lot of stuff. 
but it's different to like really feel it like in your heart like actually experience it and be like oh shit yeah that's what it feels like to be on mdma naturally right. totally sober yeah. it's like yeah that's possible that's what these substances are trying to show us like hey this is what you can do if you do some of this deeper work yeah and there's many paths to that but this has a been a great one for both of us yeah man i think uh you hit it on the money man um we say experience you know mm-hmm. um if you go into that deeper and you think about experience like what does it do for you that's basically my answer to anybody asking me so what's in my tt it's what it does for you mm-hmm. you know and it does to you you know mm-hmm. um because everybody gets a different take from it honestly nobody's right. gonna come out with the same thing right it's an experience you know of of realization of like you know this is, could be better in my life. I'm challenged with loving myself. I'm challenged with feeling, you know, purposeful. I'm challenged with feeling empowered. Mm-hmm. Any of those personal attributes that you're struggling with, you know, it's going to put you in a space where you either sh- like move away from that or you succumb to that. And nine seven out of ten, most people don't want to succumb to the things that have, are eating away at them. Right. They want to be free from it, right? So, being taught how to how to how to connect within your personal uh, IQ mm-hmm. um, and intellect mm-hmm. to say that's no good for me. Let me disconnect. That's what MITT teaches you. Mm-hmm. Teaches you how to source the things that aren't good for you. Um, I won't say source them, but how to disconnect those sources that pull away at your greatest person. Mm-hmm. that's living you know mm-hmm. yep and you 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 recenter and and understand how to bring that person that you know you strive for to be in the present in the front always um to live you know comfortably without you know having to pull down with oh now i'm thinking this way and now i'm thinking that way because i tell you the mind is powerful bro like oh yeah like Drake said, the power of the mind is not a joke. It's no joke. Like if we can, if, if people ever thought about it and said there was a mind that created a car, right? There was a mind that created a fridge. There was a mind that created a stoplight. It was a mind. And you think like, uh-huh. man, like somebody actually thought about that. Okay. Well, how much does this mind take in? Right. Right. That causes us to honestly be really not our best self. Yep. And it's like, how can we, you know, pull the best out of the mind, use use our mind or hear things to put into our minds. Right. Um, that's going to be like food to it. And almost a like almost like a, a steroid, like like a like a, like a uh, steroid mm-hmm. um, into your brain, mm-hmm. into your thoughts. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And you're mm-hmm. like, oh, man if I could just keep this going, you know, but, but now you're learning how to remove the stuff that's like keeping you down or keeping yep. you back. And I feel like people in life, we, we operate from normalcy and our normalcy is because we have issues that we, you know, have compacted compartmentalized. We've thrown them away. So we think mm-hmm. um, we've like shut ourselves off completely. We've done a whole lot of things. Right. Because in life we live, you know, 365 days a year. Can you imagine how many thoughts go in each second of every day for 365 days? Yeah. Right? Yep. And and you're a year 12 of life. Yep. Yep. You know, um, 
there's still things I feel like, you know, we probably won't ever uncover because it's so much to unpack. Mm-hmm. But if we can, be, you know, what the experience of MITT is, is if you can, you know, at least get a person to source well versus harmful mm-hmm. of themselves or of others, then we're, we're doing good, you know. And regardless of, like, the originality of how the program should have been structured, whatever, who cares? Mm-hmm. It's basically making sure that the person is receiving the most valuable information to be able to transform their life. Yep. Well said, man. You know, it's really, yeah. like they've said, that's trying to la- raise the level of consciousness of yeah. everybody. Yeah, man. And basically, you know, teach people whatever, like you said, whatever they've been lacking in, whatever their kind of limiting beliefs are yep. about themselves. And then their whole ego issues and then, you know, childhood traumas that whether you've had a really horrible childhood with a a lot of horrible things or it was just like, you know, capital T traumas like Mm -hmm. an alcoholic parent or, you know, parents in jail or growing up without parents, you know, that's like capital T traumas. Lowercase T traumas are like, you know not as extreme stuff but it was still like you know affected you yeah you know like you grew up with a parent with a mental illness yep you know they were always anxious and depressed they didn't know how to show love they were always in you know that affects you yeah you know and you know little stuff being bullied whatever you know in school it's little at that you know you think back oh no big deal how's that really affecting you though deep down the beliefs you have about yourself and the world it's affecting you all the time. Yeah. Just whether you want to take the steps to realize that awareness and then do something about it. Yeah. You know, that's what it's about. And not, you know, and that's okay. Not everybody maybe is ready for that, but, uh, and not everybody, like nobody needs it. Right. It's just, we all could benefit from it. Yeah. Kind of thing. You know, that's how I think of it. Yeah, man. So, yeah, it's uh, something that we've enjoyed and benefited from a lot and, uh, you know, a lot of positive things and struggling to find negative things. And <laughs> it's been hard and that's, you know, that's a good sign. And they're really, you know, not about the money. Like they could charge a lot more for what they do, the value, you know, and they don't. There's seminars out there for a lot more money. Oh, yeah. And so I think it's really special what they've put together. And when I create my retreats, um, like, you know, healing retreats, they'll definitely be incorporated in there somehow as a part of the whole program, because I think it's just that important, you know? Yeah. I I feel like, you know, it's, it's a program that I won't say it's for everybody because I, I can truly say that everything's not for everyone. Sure. Um, I agree. But, but definitely it is resourceful. You know, it is very uh, inspiring, but you have to be, you have to be a candidate. That's, that's at that point that you, you really uh, desire that, you know, curiosity will kill the cat, <laughs> you know, what yeah. I'm saying? It, because it, I mean, you could, you could find things about yourself, but you're the reason why you're doing it wouldn't be of the same, you know, reason. So, um, yeah, anybody desiring to step into it, you, I'd say you got to have an open mind and be ready to commit to get rid of things in your life that it's not good for you. you mm-hmm. know? And 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 no one knows what that is like coming in. Right? You no, know, there's no informational questionnaire that ever exposes you to tell you or actually you to say things that aren't true or that are about you that you know 
that they use, you know, in, right. in, in a scenario to try to provoke or evoke whatever emotion out, you know, I think mm-hmm. it's gen- genuine in that that space. And uh, mm-hmm. I think the the biggest experience of it is is the people. It's not even so much the trainers. It's really the people that are sure. with you in the same space. Yeah. You know? Like like how we met each other. Yeah, man. Here we are. And then so many other great people like I've had on the podcast already, Mike and Clinton. And yeah. So many other great people, you know, shout out to everybody. I don't want to forget anybody. I'm not going to say everybody's <laughs> name, but you yeah, know, a couple people on here. Yeah. 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 So yeah, man, that's great. What, um, <clears throat> what do you, a random question I just thought of, what do you like to, uh, consume when you consume, like cannabis like weed for yourself recreationally like how do you how do you approach that relationship with that uh and musically and creatively and all that you know what i mean it's a social thing for me okay Um, yeah it's like and it's got to be a social thing where i'm like hey yeah i'm I'm, uh um i'm down Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. um but you know i know friends that are just like I mean that's that's their that's their thing right that's what they wake up to and they, they need it you know cohesively to be cohesive right you know um and when they're not you know i have musicians you know i had musician friends that were like you know if i ain't smoking bro i'm not playing my best you know mm-hmm. they felt like it was like a very very positive thing for them i've never really had a, an opinion about it you mm-hmm. know mm-hmm. um I just felt like, hey, if it's if it's cool and you're not, you know, going off the deep end, right, harming yourself or someone else, then I don't see how that's hurting anyone. So. No, no, not at all. I mean, you know, there's a reason why a lot of musicians and artists and of all kinds, you know, in in many areas, consume cannabis, smoke weed, you know, whatever, mm-hmm. because it helps to stimulate your mind. It helps with creativity. It helps with you know centering yourself it helps with connecting with yourself it helps with chilling you out <laughs> when you understand your endocannabinoid system and you realize what's really going on there you know there's a lot that weed is doing and yeah. and you know especially up in the brain there's more cannabinoid receptors in the brain than uh any other kind of receptor in your body <laughs> so like when you smoke like you know are consuming cbd whatever like it's yeah. it's affecting it majorly so you know, there's a reason why a lot of people <laughs> consume it. Yeah. I Lots mean, of benefits. I think if you don't know about it, um, you're not really educated and it can be kind of, you know, confusing. Right. You know, for sure. And nowadays, bro, it's like so much information about cannabis, about, you know, marijuana. Yep. Uh, <laughs> like a marijuana. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, uh, you know, CBDs. Oh, look, and, it's 420. Oh, yeah, it's 420, you know, that whole that. thing. But it's just yeah. like, I don't know, man, it, for for the for the effect, for the fact that today it's legal in pretty much every state here in the United States. But five, six years ago, it yeah. wasn't. Yeah. Okay. It's it blows my mind because it, 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 there's so many more benefits that have come about since it being made, made legal uh, that make me wonder, like, y'all knew it was legal the whole time. It was good for people the whole time. Right? Uh, so exactly. Not, not that it was legal, but, you know, why not legalize it? Why not make it something of a source that's going to be, you know, uh, medicinal? Mm-hmm. You know, why did it ever become illegal? 
why did it ever become the stigma right, of like, oh, the know. devil's weed and oh, no, no, the reefer madness. And it's fucking crazy, man. Yeah, it's dude. all lies. It's all propaganda. It is. And it relates very much to what's going on. I'd like to read something I just posted on Instagram that right. I thought was very powerful. I saw from uh, Ashley Taylor Wellness shout out. So we don't have enough research to remove cannabis as Schedule 1 drug with no accepted medical use. But there's definitely enough research to mandate a brand new mRNA, you know what, vaccine, Mm -hmm. when we don't have long-term studies yet. Make sense? Yeah. (laughs) Like, nah. Like crazy. It's, it's weed is still a schedule one drug with no medical use and a high potential for abuse. Like, come on. We it's at the same level as heroin. Like that's fucking crazy. I doubt that. 100%. Um, <laughs> yeah. A lot of people because do. I feel like, yeah, heroin is a, is a chemically created. Right. Stimulant. Right. Right. Just like crack, just like Coke, just like, it's like a processed form of processed opium. Form of, right. Everything yeah. that has been lab created and yep. that's not natural. Yep. Um, obviously, it has tremendous amounts of side effects. You exactly. Yeah. Um, the drug wasn't, I don't think the drug was ever intended to be what, what people created it to be. Yeah. You know? Yep. Um, but obviously, things get sensationalized and become out of control, and then you know, greed, power, and money get involved. Right, and it's just, it's a whole nother scenario, right? Yeah, yeah. So I feel like you know, what something that you say you can just grow it, right? Right. Okay. Yes. Yeah. You grow it, and it's the most natural source of. of you literally grind it up, right. smoke it, and that's it. It's as natural as it gets. I mean, the only the only thing I could say to those who are are against it would, and honestly, would be like, look. If you're concerned about health, right, as far as what's inhaling into your lungs and sure. stuff like that, yeah, then absolutely don't do it. Don't smoke it. You can yeah. have do edibles, you can right. do oils. You but know. before, I look, like, you know, before then, nobody knew about, about edibles right, right, stuff right. like That's that. That's pretty new to a That's lot of all people. Yep. New. And yep. still, even with the edibles, you still got to make sure you get the right ones. Cause, yeah, but those... <laughs> you know, you, that's the problem with edibles, man. You eat a, a cookie and brownie and it's like, eat the corner of the brownie. And, and people are like, what the hell? I want to eat the whole brownie. Yeah. And you eat the whole brownie and you're fucked because it's like 100 milligrams. You're like, oh, <laughs> shit, I need it. You're stuck. You're very stuck. And you're like, yeah. you pass out and you're like, what the hell happened? But it's safe. That's the thing. Nobody has ever died from cannabis. There's zero overdose, yeah. overdose deaths because there's no cannabinoid receptors in the part of your brain that control your breathing and heart rate. No. So you can't overdose from it. So that's, <laughs> it's like, what are we so afraid of? You know, it's yeah. just fear that's been implanted into people for generations, you know, Nixon and all that way before that. And now it's just like, it's just crazy, man. Crazy, man, how much this, you know, world has just been lied to about stuff. It's like, oh, the government lied to me about cannabis? Can they lie about other things too? Oh, yeah. (laughs) They do. Uh, Yeah. Propaganda is real, people. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Censorship is real. Propaganda is real. It's like, just open your mind and open your heart to other possibilities than what you know. That's yeah. all. Yeah, for sure. That's all I have to I mean, say. You don't know what you don't know. You don't. And and if you don't want to know, then you will continue to not know. And <laughs> I think you should just, you know, right. leave it that way. <laughs> you know? It's yeah. all by choice, man. I'm telling you, you want to get involved in, in yeah. or, it, 
educated about something, you have to make the choice to mm-hmm. figure it out. But and don't make an uh, uneducated assumption right. of something that you don't understand. Because I feel like that maybe would have, for a while, have been it's what was portrayed to a lot of people about marijuana. You know exactly, and it was really uh, uneducated. You know. Com, you know, conversation. Yep. Um, not really understanding its full full uh, capabilities, and then also probably coming into the not acknowledgement of that because I'm quite sure a scientist did test. Oh yeah. You know, and found like the pros and cons. You yep. know, of, of what it was, and, and was like, man, this really does does this. It really does it. Really does that. They did. You know, um, but was it systematic? Because you like, hey, but this is something that we can lock people up on. Exactly. You can't control people, but you can control drug policy. In 1971, Richard Nixon said, hey, uh, we don't want these anti-war hippies. We don't want these black people, you know, the Civil War, all this stuff. Like, nah, we're going to make all these drugs illegal. Yeah. And then it just, you know, like there's a great documentary on Netflix 13th about the 13th Amendment. Yeah. And then, you know, slavery. And it's like, well, slavery ended, but it's like continued in a way through this drug war. And how much, like, it's eight times more likely to be put in jail for for drugs if you're black or Mexican. Eight times more likely. Yeah. You know? And that's fucked up. Well, I mean, that's all systemic, bro. Exactly. Um, it's systemic in, in the fact. Oh, I won't say systemic. That is a... Uh, uh, a, a, a certain group of people uh, stereotype stereotypical right. stereotype right right um, because I know if I say systemic you know it's it's talking about the, the system in whole well the system in whole basically has different stereotypes that they you know segregate from right and that puts that in place because if it was systemic then everybody would be affected right no matter exactly the, the race or the color right so it's it's stereotyped you know, yep. and to the place where it's sectored in those stereotypes of yep. what opportunities, what could be afforded, what will be allowed, what won't be allowed, what will be looked over and what won't be looked over. So yep. obviously, you know, um, can we create, I mean, it's, it's so much bro, like to prison systems, to jails, like they all coincide yeah. and work together. To one thing I know you've mentioned the homeless problem man yeah homeless, oh, man. man it's uh what's it, your whole why what's the why is that such a problem man what's your take I, on that i feel like okay as 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 blessed and and rich as this company is a country is exactly like, right yep exactly um and the relationships that we have worldwide right mm-hmm. and we are considered the example of like what a country should look like right, right. With his people and how the people are free and the people are able to do what they need to do. Right. Wouldn't it also be right to say that the people of that country is would be taken care of, you know, taken care for uh, so that no one was left without the most absolutely most needed thing in life. And that would be shelter. Right. You know, um, there wouldn't be a homeless problem in, in my opinion on that i feel like yep. at that point then the government would take care of its own you know yep. and source the money in a way where it could recreate its own synergy to stay funded you know exactly um, but like that, its own little ecosystem yeah yeah exactly yep. Yep. um 
Yep. And and but that just really I feel feels like that that never really took forth of an effort of a solution because of obviously greed, pride, and all that stuff. Um, and when you find yourself on you know in a tough place and you're rock bottom, rock bottom means you know a lot to different mm-hmm. people nowadays. Cause rock mm-hmm. bottom means it's an opinion of you now. Mm. You know what I'm saying? People look at you a certain way when you're homeless. You know, and oh, so yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, you have you have an instant form of, of uh, opinion of like who you are as a person. Right. Um, you're not looked at as a person in need, a person that needs help. You know. Right. Um, and I feel like if the, if the government doesn't do it, the main leadership doesn't do it, then no one else will do it. That's why it's everywhere. It's worldwide because, you know, people do look at the beacon of light and saying, if they do it, then we may consider doing it. But they never mm. did it. So. so that's your point. If yeah. we do it and lead the way here. Yeah, I feel like you got to lead the way. I and mean, it's not like we don't have the money. <laughs> listen, if every for every person that I've met in my life that was, you know, uh, not from here, like mm-hmm. from the United States. Exactly. I was just going to say They would that. say, I want to go live the American dream. Yep. What, what is that? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Um, and that's from every time I hear it, it's the land of opportunity, the land of where I can take care of my family, the land of where, you know, if I go there, you know, and do right, I can become a millionaire. There's no one, no strain, no suffering on if I can or can't. It's actually, they will help you. Mm-hmm. You know, there's certain programs that will get you in position to help you, you know, right. Like MITT, you know, yeah. whereas in these other countries, there's nothing like that. I mm-hmm. mean, you know, for me, I got, I, I got a chance to see the many different forms of like government and how mm-hmm. the people are able to be what they what their freedoms like. Yep. You know, um, and experience that. And I'll tell you, man, it's different. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's not it's not as rigorous and rigid um, as it was, let's say, maybe 10, 15 years ago. Right. You know, right. Um, and it's getting better and better. But, you know, they still have their standards and that's something their traditions won't break. You know, right um, here. It's like our traditions changed by every president. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. You know, it's like, you know. We we pattern ourselves so much after like the chief of staff right. and what what and how we feel as a nation is best representation of who we are. You know, we're kinda like that ever went that ever switching uh thing that happens you're here one minute and you're gone the next, you're here one minute and you're gone the next and it's like uh-huh. for a country, you know, I feel like we we show up, we don't show up. You mm-hmm. know, we show up powerful and we show up weak. We show up in confusion we didn't you know especially the past year with COVID, you know this country showed up in its truest form i feel mm-hmm. um a broken hurting society of people yep. that have a lot of issues amongst themselves based on a lot of things and mm-hmm. you know the one that highlighted itself the most was obviously race mm-hmm. um and color mm-hmm. um and it, and, it, and it, the sad part is it, it just wasn't about one demographic group of people. I mean, it, it was largely surrounded around, you know, black, African-American, Latinos. Right. And Spanish, you know, but then we also seen the Asian community yep. you know, suffer. We also seen, you know, uh, every, almost every nationality that wasn't quote unquote European white go through some, some shit. Yep. And it was, it, to me, I feel like if people really opened up and, and saw 
oh, yeah. the power of like okay what unity does synergy then you can cancel out and dispel any type of negative you know uh, racial yeah. thing that ever would try to manifest itself yeah because you know, no, no. we'd all come together and really band against that bullshit like like they did you know and it's like yep but the problem is you know we get we go back to our lives and yep yeah, man. Yeah, well said. I think yeah. that's what it's about. Yeah. You know, coming together and uh realizing how much we can do together versus alone. Yeah. So much more powerful together. And uh I, I use that example all the time, man, with people with people like, Oh, well, you know, you said our country's messed up. Yeah. Uh homeless. Yeah. Um, how about our education and our health care? Yeah. I mean, let's talk about that, bro. Like I got some friends that stay in Australia. You know, Australia. Mm-hmm. I have family there too. Th- they get free healthcare. Yeah, a lot of countries do. <laughs> it's like actually all industrialized countries yeah. do, besides America. Yeah, it's like it's U.S. So it's like phew. what free, you get free healthcare? Yeah, dental, all that. I mean, it's not free. They pay it in taxes, but like yeah. it's it's there's no more money. I mean, paying it in taxes is different from right prescribing to a PPO. Right or having an in-network doctor right. that you pay for every a chunk out of your check, and say if you have a family of five, you're paying six, seven hundred dollars at least. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. A pay period. You know what I'm saying? Oh yeah, and it's pay coming period, out. Yeah. You know of of your check. You might not be seeing it all at once, but yep. you know, oh, and yeah. we're paying hundreds of thousands of dollars in medical bills. Not even bills, just. Subscriptions, because that's not, that's what I feel that they are, you yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. And you have all of these things, right? And obviously, it's going to research, it's going to medicine, but then it's is is going to, you know, other things as well that doesn't support me as a person, you know. Right. When I need to go to the doctor, you know, or when I need to get a physical or get a checkup or whatever, yep. not not throughout the six months, because throughout the six months, the average person is not going to get sick, right? Right. And so I always thought in the back of my mind, like if I pay two years of this and I never get sick, then what did that? What does that cover? Yeah. Because the mean the the uh, the uh, as soon as your coverage lapses, right, you have no more coverage. Yeah. So then, all the money that you paid in it is gone. gone. Yeah. And you have no nothing, no buffer system. Nothing to, to show for back. it. Yep. So it's so flawed and fucked up, bro. It's uh-huh. like, you know what I'm saying? It's like. <laughs> Yeah. So if I if I'm healthy for 25, 30, 32 years, I got medical insurance and all that stuff for all these years. Right. Okay? And I've paid into this thing. You mean to tell me there's no clause in place that where it says that if I have come through a financial hardship and I can no longer afford it, then I'm cut off. <laughs> yeah. Pretty brutal sounding. Right. You know, well, one doctor I know, Dr. Tina Moore. Yeah. She calls it medical mafia. Yeah. Because that's what they act like, bro. Yeah. Insurance companies make sure doctors get only this many minutes with the patient, and it's this how much you're, this is what you're going to get paid. Yeah, doesn't that sound like the mafia? That's that's <laughs> crazy, man. And then like it's like, so do you get bumped down to like state Medicaid? Um, yeah. Which, in my opinion, if that money hasn't been used by you, should be to go to state Medicaid to help fund a better medical platform at least yeah. at minimum if people are going to have to have you know medical insurance. well absolutely man once again the money's there the money's being yeah. spent and what do you get for it you get sick care not health care 
Exactly. Doctors are in conventional medical schools, MDs and DOs, like they're very smart, very caring people. I never want to talk, sound like I'm talking shit about them because I'm not. Right. They're our allies, our colleagues. You know, like if I get in a car accident, it's time to go to the hospital. I want the surgery, the whatever drugs. Yeah. Load me up. It's not the time for herbs, you know. Right. <laughs> but for a chronic disease, you know, I'm not so quick to go to the, the conventional system. And that's yeah. that's just not their strength. You know, they learn pharmaceuticals and they learn surgeries. Yeah. And that's it. And the insurance companies dictate what they can do. And they're not taught nutrition. They're not taught health. They're not taught about, the, you know, and That's crazy. Stuff. It's like you study the anatomy of the body, yep. you know, thoroughly. Yep. And you're expected to perform at such high levels always. I mean, I mean, being a surgeon, right? Oh, yeah. Let's think about that. You've you got to be, you, you, you strive to be a thousand percent correct every time. Yep. Right. Or you end a life. Right. Um, or that life just, you know, takes a turn for the worse. Right. Just like a doctor. You strive to, I feel like, create healthy solutions for people to get over whatever illnesses that they're, you know, faced with. Right. Mm-hmm. But why aren't you taught how to teach people how to live every day? I mean, maybe they are being taught. I'm not going to say they're not. Yeah. Little by little um, it's changing, but yeah. overall, no. But giving people the guides to success and to healthy living, healthy eating, yep. um, healthy ways of creating, uh, you know, food for yourself, you know, understanding right. the concept of like, if you eat this, this will happen. If you eat this with, and understanding right. the breakdowns of the science of like, what each and every fruit does or mm-hmm. how it registers your, you know, your levels in your body and stuff like that. All that information, I feel like you go to medical school and you learn that stuff. Yeah. But to only use it for when it's a person's sick, it means like all we're, the medical society is doing is like waiting for people to get exactly. sick. Exactly. Sick care. Yep. And make money off of them. Right. Which lifetime is, patients, lifetime yeah. profits, yeah. you know, it's get like, on this yeah, pill forever. Like why keep them healthy? When we can make more money if they die. Yeah. It's a pretty messed up system. Yeah. You know, it's not profitable to cure people. No. It's, <laughs> exactly. If we, if we cure them, that means they stay here longer, which means what? We don't make that much money. Yeah. You know, but we can, at least if we know they're on our deathbed, we can try different antidotes of remedies that we think may work, but charge all kind of money for it because one in the same, one in 10 million people that gets sick in that same, you know, scenario. Uh, if you say 10 million people all got sick, that's 10 million prescriptions. <laughs> they might have all not died, but yep. that's $10 million on just one pass. So say it's a double, triple subscription, you know, <laughs> it, Dude, it's crazy. You are just telling me earlier before we started recording, somebody was telling your friend was telling you that... Um, they're giving out $100 gift cards yeah. to people to get the vaccine. Are you yeah. fucking kidding me? Yeah, man. If that doesn't show you something, I, I just got to say wake up a little bit because <laughs> if something's so great, why do you got to incentivize people so much? Exactly. Or why do you have to mandate so many people? Right. You know why? Because Pfizer made like $4 billion in the last few months. That's yeah. why. <laughs> yeah. They don't yeah. get that much money when you you know prescribe vitamin D and herbs yeah, but, and but, all these things. That's thing why. Is like, who are they getting the money from? The, who? The, the, the vaccines? Yeah. 
from the insurance companies and all the places where you you know, go and it's all connected dude. it's all linked right and they're all in, in bed with the government and the people that make so the I don't policies know, so vaccines have to be you have to pay for the vaccine i'm not honestly familiar i okay. i don't have it so yeah i don't either so. there you go so i don't know i'm pretty sure your insurance covers it or uh, honestly a <laughs> great question yeah, somebody's covering it <laughs> I'm not giving them out as a doctor, yeah. so yeah. Um. yeah. Somebody's covering it, but yeah, man, yeah I, I think it's definitely it's definitely a Ponzi scheme at the highest level. Um, yeah, and I think you have to people just have to make a conscious choice of what they they're willing to commit to. And right. My thing is like educate yourself as much as possible. Exactly. Um, because I feel like if the flu, which is was a vaccine that was very, very much like COVID nineteen, you know, taking people out, you know, and stuff like that, was so inherently strong, right? Um, obviously, this day and age versus back then, technology and things were weren't as advanced. Okay, and it took a while to create a a, a vaccine for it, mm-hmm. um, and probably even a little bit while longer before that vaccine would really be effective and work. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm like people we know history you know exactly and so we know what works and we what don't doesn't. need to be too hasteful because of uh a hunch mm-hmm. and not facts because if you go back and think about when COVID 19 man it was a hunch that's why you know president was having people like hey we drink some bleach you know like <laughs> stupid stuff like that like yeah what? it was a lot of like you know uh hype like hype and yeah. and and misinformation that was given oh yeah um that people you know, who were really going through was like, what else do I have to lose? Trying it out and mm-hmm. losing their life, you know? Oh yeah. There's been a lot of deaths from yeah. the vaccines. A lot. There's the whole VAERS system reporting system and, yeah. you know, damage is paid out. A lot of people with autoimmune diseases now that are just totally fucked up. So yeah. it's like, yeah, you're not going to hear that on CNN. No, never. <laughs> uh, it's just not going on CNN. It was like, uh, yep. to other news, you know? Yep. Uh, right here. Podcasts like this and many yep. others like Joe Rogan and all yep. those guys, you know, Aubrey Marcus and all yep. these dudes that are putting out good stuff. And, uh, yeah, man. So yeah, I, I don't want to, you know, keep us too long. We could talk for hours and hours, know, but man. anything else on your mind you want to share with the world? Uh, Man, just check out my check me out, man. Follow me all on social at yep. J Blaze Track. Um, you can find me there uh, and Twitter at J underscore Blaze Track. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you can find me on Instagram at J B L eight Z E. Um, yeah, find me in there. Um, and let's just talk music and talk vibes. But yeah, this was great, bro. Like, I had fun, man. It was definitely cool. You know what I'm saying? We we gave a shout out to our family. Oh yeah. Um, Man, we should do a family podcast one time. That'd, that'd be, be that'd be great. Yeah, that'd be a lot of fun. I don't know how we'd we'd start talking over each other, but it'd be awesome though. <laughs> I don't know. We could probably have like a roundtable, like create a subject. And, oh yeah, and each you take know. turns. Yeah, good idea. Yeah, there we go. Like See that. the group mind. Yeah, man. Oh look, it's four four four. Oh four four four. I love that shit. We got like numerology, the universe, just synchronicities, man, are everywhere. When you see them, I love this Albert Einstein quote: "You can view everything as if it's a miracle, or if nothing is a miracle." Yeah, you know, and life really is a miracle. So, yes, awesome, man. Well, this has been great. I'm uh, appreciative of you. Love you, bro. Love you too, bro. And uh, well, to much more to come, man. And uh, thanks everybody for uh, listening. And uh, next, until next time. Thank you.